You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. On today's show, former South Carolina quarterback Colin Hill is going to join us. We'll talk all things SEC with him as he is preparing for the next level. He and uh, several SEC players are out in Fort Worth, Texas in the 2021 College Gridiron Showcase. Trying to showcase their talent for a lot of scouts at the next level to show what they have. And Colin Hill trying to make his uh, get an opportunity at the NFL or CFL or just at the uh, professional level of football. We'll see if he what he's able to do, but we'll catch up with Colin Hill momentarily. Also, coming up a little bit later, we're going to talk all things Tennessee. Man, it is depressing right now with the Tennessee Volunteers. We're going to talk with our buddy Tony Basilio, longtime Knoxville radio host, to get his thoughts on the pulse of, one, what exactly is happening in Knoxville? What happened uh, with the fallout of the firing of Jeremy Pruitt and News coming out yesterday uh, evening that um, standout linebacker Henry Toa Toa for the Tennessee Volunteers and veteran offensive lineman Jameer Johnson. Uh, they were the first two portal entrants on Wednesday afternoon, and it did not take long for two more. Linebacker Quiveris uh, Crouch and uh, running back Eric Gray are also now in the, in the transfer portal. Crouch was the uh, number 61 overall prospect nationally in the uh, 2019 class. He chose Tennessee over schools like Alabama, LSU, Georgia, A&M, and uh, he played in 23 games. He's made 11 starts this past year. He started all 10 games at middle linebacker, finished third in the team with 57 tackles, three quarterback hurries, two forced fumbles. And, of course, Gray, uh, part of that dynamic duo in the backfield, rated – Four stars, the number three all-purpose back in the 2019 class. Tons of offers from a bunch of other SEC schools. He played in all 23 Tennessee games over the last two seasons, made five starts this past year, led the team in rushing, 157 carries, almost 800 yards, four touchdowns, and had the second-most receptions on the team. The question is, will the Vols even be able to field the team this year? I mean, I say that no joking, but uh, you know, my buddy who's a Tennessee fan said, look at the schedule. Are they even going to win three games this year? Um, it's just, it is going to be tough. You know, who are they going to be their difference makers on offense? Jalen Hyatt? You know, are they going to be able to protect their quarterback? Velas Jones, that, that depends on the quarterback not getting killed as well. So, a lot of question marks with the Tennessee Volunteers, but we'll catch up with Tony Basilio in just a little bit. But I want to remind you guys, you can subscribe to Locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast. We're here for you just about every day of the week and uh, talking all things SEC. Obviously, a lot of SEC football offseason conversation, but also a lot of SEC basketball. And man, I was watching a lot of the games this week and Man, the other night, just two big games I was so excited for, Florida and Tennessee, and Florida blows out the Vols, and then LSU-Alabama. Alabama shoots lights out from three, and they put it on LSU. That was one of the most dominating, impressive performances I've seen. So Alabama, they look like they're the real deal uh, team out there in not only the SEC but across the country. So uh, Nate Oates, tip of that cap to him and, and his team, what they've been able to accomplish. All right, let's catch up with South Carolina quarterback, Colin Hill as he prepares for the next level. We're along here locked on SEC and as we mentioned the uh, college gridiron showcase going on over in Fort Worth, Texas the first major all-star event of the college football postseason. 
with top college seniors selected by a panel of football experts. A lot of SEC guys over there doing their thing. And one of the guys who's out there trying to showcase his skills for the scouts, for the NFL, CFL, and other professional leagues is South Carolina quarterback Colin Hill. And he joins us now. Colin, what's going on, man? Not much. I appreciate you having me on the show. Absolutely. So explain to our listeners who may not know what this is what this is all about, what's going on there, what's it been like for you so far? Yeah, so it's been great. Um, we're just out here in Fort Worth. Uh, they kind of just created a mini bubble here at the hotel we're staying at. Um, and so the past two days uh, really has just been meeting some different seminars about uh, player financing, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then today kind of started our measurements, weigh-ins, heights, all that stuff. And then, um, you know, for the rest of the afternoon, it's pretty much just interviews the team. Uh, and then tomorrow will be just kind of combine drills on the field. Um, so it's kind of just a mixture of stuff uh, within these three days. You're you're a guy who's overcome a lot in your career, having to overcome uh, multiple ACL injuries, five years of playing football. Uh, how do you feel physically at this point in your career? I feel good. Uh, I feel really good. I mean, I have had to go through some adversity, but um, you know, I do think it, it's made me stronger for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel as far as physically, I feel really healthy. Uh, you know, I haven't had any, any problems this whole past year and, um, you know, feel, feeling really good. You, uh, you spent the first few years of your career at Colorado State. You transferred to uh, South Carolina as a grad student this past year. You got to follow your, your coach, Mike Bobo, from uh, Fort Collins down to Columbia. I know the season didn't, didn't pan out the way you guys wanted, but what was your experience like the one year in Columbia? Yeah, it was a good experience. Um, you know, like you said, obviously it wasn't the, the season we wanted. It was a really weird year, um, you know, for everybody, you know, with the with the pandemic and all that. But um, you know, I think it was a it was a good experience for me. It was cool to be able to go back home. Um, you know, that's where I'm from. Uh so to go home and play for the state school, uh and be able to compete at the highest level in college football, I mean, I it, it was a lot of fun and you really can't ask for a better opportunity than that. Uh, looking back on the year, Colin, you, you guys, you, you lose a tough one week one against Tennessee, and then you go to Florida week two in the Swamp, and, man, you guys gave them all they could handle. I mean, you gave them one of their toughest fights of the year. But I think one of the big takeaways after that game was just kind of how much time you guys lost on that last drive. You're down two scores, and you're moving the ball. It was just taking a lot of time. What did you take away most from that game? Yeah, I mean, those were two tough ones. Um, you know, Florida obviously was really explosive um, on offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that game definitely showed us that, that we could hang with anybody. Um, it was just a matter of if we could stay healthy. We had some, some injury stuff throughout the year. But, um, you know, a lot of people talked about the time of that last drive. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we had to score regardless to be able to just extend the game. And, um, you know, we probably could have gone faster looking back on it, but um, obviously we are where we are. But I think that game just showed us, you know, we, we could play with everybody. Um, and I think, um, you know, it was, it, like I said, I mean, we, we had a lot of a lot of issues with injuries and all that. But, um, you know, I don't think our record was a good indication of, of the kind of team we were. I'm not going to run through the, the entire schedule with you, but I will bring up what seemed like the high point of the year, getting that big win against Auburn at the time. They were ranked – number 15 in the country that one was the one that had to feel really great for you guys right yeah it was it was great um you know it was fun to be at home and play them and you know we haven't beaten them 
since we joined the SEC, I think it was 1933, uh, the last time we beat Auburn. And so to be able to do that at home, it, it was awesome. And then I thought, you know, everybody kind of thought that we were going to get it rolling after that. And, um, you know, unfortunately didn't. But that for sure was, was the highlight of the year. It was a great win for us. You, you lose uh, Coach Muschamp late in the season. How tough was that for you guys to kind of have to adapt and adjust with uh, with Coach Bobo taking things over? You know, that's difficult. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, with, with a turnover like that in the middle of the year, uh, you know, your leader your leader's gone. And so, um, you know, I think it was difficult to, to make the adjustment. Um, you know, everybody kind of had to – everything just changed a little bit. Um, I thought we, we tried to handle it the best we could. Um, but, you know, all in all, that's, that's a pretty tough situation. I mean, I know it's common in, in, in college football and in the pros as well, but – um, you know, I think that that was difficult for everybody. Talking with a South Carolina quarterback, Colin Hill. And, Colin, I know your time in college is done and over with, but a lot of optimism for Gamecock fans moving forward. Coach Shane Beamer coming in, taking things over as the new head coach. Just some thoughts on that team moving forward because they got some really good talent coming back next year. Running back Kevin Harris is a monster, led the you know led the SEC in rushing for much of the year. And your thoughts on Kevin and then your thoughts on Luke Doty as he's going to be competing for that starting job next season. Oh, man, Kevin Kevin's a really special player. I think, uh, you know, people inside the building weren't surprised with what he did, but I think people outside of, of South Carolina probably were uh, surprised with the monster he had. But Kevin's a great guy, really hard worker, uh, and, and, you know, obviously a good player that showed this year. Uh, and same with Luke. I mean, Luke's a great guy. We're really close, super good friends. I actually talked to him yesterday, uh, and he's super excited to, to get it rolling. But I think, you know, they got a bright future over there. Um, you know, I think Coach Beamer is going to do a really good job uh, and build the right culture over there. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping nothing but, for the, nothing but the best for those guys. What's the uh, now that you transition your game and look to make the the, the leap to the next level and uh, whatever level that is, and that's the great part about the, this college gridiron showcase is you got scouts from from everywhere, from the NFL to CFL, everywhere. What's the early read or what are you hearing from maybe some of the pro scouts on your game? Maybe what you need to continue to work on as you as you take your your game to the next level. Yeah, I think the thing for me is um, you know my mobility, moving in the pocket. You know, escaping pocket, getting out of out of trouble, that kind of stuff. But um, you know, that's the that's the biggest thing for me. That's something that you know I've definitely been been working on uh, as I've been training. Yeah, the the, the crazy thing is too, uh, Colin. When you look at the the NFL playoffs this past weekend, you see a guy like Chad Henney, who you know, kind of a, a career backup guy, but he gets a chance at a big spot in a playoff game to come up big. It's it's not all about the starters in the NFL. If you can be that that second or even third string guy, sometimes in the NFL, you can have a good long career, make a lot of money doing that role. So, uh, what's your mindset? Do you go in saying I'm going to be a starter in the NFL, or are you looking to say, hey, wherever I get my chance, I'm going to make the best of it? You know, at this point, um, you know, I've always said, you know, I just control what I can control, just trying to become the best player that I can be. Um, so really any opportunity that presents itself, uh, you know, I'm willing to take and, and take my shot at it, you know, whether that is, uh, you know, a, a practice squad or whether it's a backup or a starter, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, I'm willing to do it. And, and you know, obviously I'll, I'll give it my all. I know you got a business degree from Colorado State. You were working on your master's in uh, educational technology. Did you finish up schoolwork? Are you completely done now? I am. Yes, sir. I'm all. I'm all finished now. So 
you know, it's kind of nice to, to finally be done with that stuff. Well, it's also nice, too. I mean, look, you, you, you want to play at the next level, but if not, man, that's a great fallback play. You got your masters already. You're you're ahead of the game already. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, that's, that's, you know, one thing that's really nice. So we get my degree quickly at, at Colorado State, and then, um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's, that's going to really help me in the future, I think, too. Last thing for you, Colin, big news uh, a few weeks ago is Coach Bobo, who obviously you're close with, now the offensive coordinator over at Auburn under Brian Harson, Derek Mason moving over there to be the defensive coordinator. Are you going to root for Auburn now? What's what's the deal there? <laughs> yeah, I'll root for Auburn. You know, I love, I'll root for the offense for sure. You know, I love Coach Bobo. Um, you know, he, he's done a lot for me. He's always believed in me, and he's taught me a lot, so – uh, you know, I'm wishing nothing but the best for him and coach friend. And, you know, obviously they've got great families. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a fan, but I'll definitely be, be following them and, and hoping they do well. Yeah, it's like uh, almost all the South Carolina coaches are over there at <laughs> Auburn now. They're taking over, so it's pretty cool to see. Uh, Colin, best of luck to you, man. Uh, really enjoyed catching up with you, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to following your career, man, wherever you end up next. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. That's uh, Colin Hill, uh, former quarterback at South Carolina. Coming up next, we will talk all things Tennessee Volunteers with our buddy Tony Basilio. Stay there. Quick minute here for our friends at rockauto.com. Look, anytime you have anything that you need for your car, whether it's just basic parts or do-it-yourself projects, whatever you want to do, I encourage you, before you go drive across town to find one of those overpriced auto parts stores on the edge of town and can't really find it, it's hard to get to, just go check out rockauto.com first. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years Go to rockauto.com. You can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. Plus, you'll see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and the prices you prefer, to be honest. Don't go overpay at some of those big box stores. Get it from rockauto.com. It'll get sent straight to your uh, doorstep. And as always, their prices are reliably low and the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck or vehicle, and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they know that we sent you. It is amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Hey, 2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. We're along here, Locked On SEC. My goodness. The uh, topic of the week, it just, it's not going to go away this week and it's not going to go away anytime soon. The mess that has become the Tennessee Volunteers, not just the the football team, but really just the whole program. They got to get an athletic director, then they got to figure out who the next head coach is and never thought we'd be in a spot here where you're looking at the Tennessee program and saying, is that even a top 10 program, top 15 program anymore? Our next guest will tell us if it is or not. He is Tony Basilio, longtime uh, radio host there in Knoxville, the uh, official voice of the common fan weekdays on 99.7 FM in Knoxville. Tony, 
Always good to catch up with you, man. It's uh, I feel like you know every time we've talked to you in, in years past, Tony, it's always been when bad things are happening in Tennessee. When are good things going to happen in Tennessee? Well, that's a great question, uh, Chris. <laughs> it's always great to talk to you, by the way. And, man, what an eyesore. And it's a shame because the fan base here is just so great and so proud and so passionate and loves their program so much. But, uh, boy, this is really a mess here. It's crazy, Tony, because I got a one of my good friends is a diehard Vol fan, and he texts me all the time. And he said that his group text of all his buddies this week that they're they've just reached apathy, where it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, in trouble with the NCAA, yeah, Jeremy Pruitt's gone. Okay, is Kevin Steele going to serve as an interim coach for a year? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's it, it's sad when it's reached the point of some people don't even care anymore. That's that's when you know it's gotten bad. Well, generally, Chris, you're going to get in trouble with the NCA after a period of success. Right. After you've done some things, not after you've been a complete eyesore, have failed to move the bar. Literally, Jeremy Pruitt allegedly did all these things. I say allegedly because you have to say allegedly, but let's just say they've uncovered a lot of stuff and his is a great cautionary tale in you have to treat people well or eventually people are going to reach out and they're going to slap you and that's what happened with jeremy Pruitt. he was not good with people behind the scenes and a few of those people just said that's enough on him and they called the cops on his party so to speak <laughs> Tony, we, we've heard all kinds of speculation. I mean, what, in your opinion, what is it? Was it just simple as paying players? I mean, I know that Dan Patrick threw out this idea of paying guys in McDonald's bags or whatever, but and we hear serious violations and all this. And just come out right out and say what it was. was. Were they paying players on the down low? Were they paying families? In your opinion, what exactly was it? You know, I don't know. I mean, you hear all kinds of stuff. I do know that the genesis of this occurred from the recruiting office itself. He was extremely rude and abrupt with a couple people there, one of whom just said, that's it, compiled a gigantic case against him, took a bunch of photographs, took a bunch of screenshots, took a bunch of information, and took it to the university chancellor. They opened up an investigation. It went from there. Don't believe when the University of Tennessee began the investigation a few months back, they ever dreamed they would uncover what they uncovered. But on subsequent days, at one point, one of the assistant coaches who was center of this focus of this deal was interviewed for seven hours. Jeremy Pruitt came back the next day. He was interviewed for seven, seven and a half hours, so 14 and a half hours of interviews over two days with investigators and Tennessee, University of Tennessee attorneys, uh, not good. <laughs> so needless to say, and then you have the chancellor saying several level one, several level two, uh, and then it just opens itself up to the speculation on what Dan Patrick said and what others are saying. I mean, look, there's nothing new under the sun with major college football. You're in the Southeastern Conference. 
obviously there are improprieties that go on in recruiting. That went on before the big money got in with television. You know, the fervor of the boosters has always driven that. But now the fervor of the boosters coupled with the multi-million dollar salaries. I mean, Jeremy Pruitt's an excellent example of the lives that these people lead. Jeremy Pruitt, 10 years ago, was a high school football coach, rises to the level at the University of Tennessee where he's making over $4 million a year, only in America. (laughs) Kind of incredible. (laughs) And quite frankly, was never a head coach when they gave him the job, was an absolute reach, and he comes back here. Philip Fulmer, who lobbied, or stabbed a guy in the back to get the job. He probably stabbed somebody in the back to get the job, <laughs> uh, which isn't the first time for him. That's kind of kind of what he does. Anyway, um, he doesn't watch him, doesn't guide him, doesn't help him, doesn't protect the university, just sits there and watches this guy destroy the place while he enriches himself. And who are the losers? The fans are the losers. The fans did nothing but show up, believe in the guy, try to buy in, even though the product on the field wasn't very good. And this guy here, I'll tell you about Jeremy Pruitt. He's easily, of the bums they've had coaching here, and they've had some bums, (laughs) he's easily the worst. Wow. Easily the worst. Not even close. It's crazy. Look, I heard what Phil Fulmer had to say earlier this week. And it made sense, right? He he's getting up there in age. He said, "Look, uh, you know, I'm I'm probably only going to do this for another couple years. Why don't we bring in a new AD who can hire the new head coach? They can both work together hand in hand, lockstep, and and be on the same page." That made sense to me, but I couldn't help but thinking, Tony, maybe Philip Fulmer wasn't all the way on the up and up. Maybe he was, you know, there was something that he knew behind the scenes or whatever. What say you on that? Well, they terminated him. They can act like all they wanted was his idea. Because the bottom line is, you can't have a co- you cannot have a coach doing the kinds of things. And you're going to see some of these allegations. I've seen some. I don't want to get into it. Needless to say, a lot of the cheating that that goes on in the Southeastern Conference goes on with a wall of separation. You don't bring that stuff in house. Coaches don't engage in that stuff. They allow boosters to engage in that stuff. You've got to keep a wall there. Not these fools. (laughs) And for Fulmer to sit there and say that when he gave himself back in the summer during the pandemic, everything was in a shutdown. That guy gave himself a three-year extension with a raise. He wanted to be ADFL, Athletic Director for Life. What a joke. <laughs> for him to stand up there and go, well, I'm 70 and I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, Coach, we're tired. We're, we're tired of you. <laughs> amazing. Absolutely amazing. I, I hear reports that he's going to pay be paid handsomely in a buyout on the way out, and they shouldn't give that guy a dime for what he's done. But that's the problem with major college sports. They 
they reward and enrich these people for things that they they really ought to just terminate people for. But that's the way the game is played, and, and that's the nature of the deal. More with Tony Basilio right after this. Hope you guys are ready for some AFC-NFC championship fun happening this weekend. we got tons of SEC basketball happening this weekend as well. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust when it comes to making bets, and that is betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And when you do so, you want to make sure you use that promo code we tell you about all the time. It is locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. All caps, no spaces, and you will get a 50% welcome bonus. Like we mentioned, AFC-NFC title game this weekend. Don't just watch the game. Get in on the action. You know you've got a feeling one way or the other. Oh, I knew Green Bay was going to win. Oh, I knew Tom Brady was going to pull off the upset. Whatever it is, you can get in on the action. And tons of SEC basketball games as well. Is Alabama the real deal? Can they run off undefeated season in the SEC? Nobody looks like they're going to beat them. Man, if they keep making threes at this rate, uh, nobody's going to stop them. You can get in on them, bet on them straight up or the spread, whatever it is. If you feel a certain way about it, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It is betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. want to remind you guys to check out some of the other SEC shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. Our buddy Josh Ward hosts Locked On Vols. Obviously a lot going on over there. If you want to continue the Vols conversation outside of our conversation with our buddy Tony Basilio, you can hear what Josh Ward has to say. Also, maybe a little bit on LSU, still searching for their next defensive coordinator. Our buddy Matt Vascona has it covered on Locked On LSU. Plenty of different uh, podcasts to subscribe to. Check them all out. Just search Locked On and your favorite SEC schools, and odds are you will find the podcast that you like. All right, continuing our conversation with Tony Basilio, longtime Knoxville sports radio host. And, uh, Tony, the next step. Obviously, they're going to start the search for the athletic director. I mean, I would assume you'd want to get that done sooner rather than later. Take your time, but, you know, it's not something you want to sit on your hands for four months on. Um when I just look at the timetable, Tony, I mean, we're already almost into February. Football season, the next season's already around the corner. I mean, are they better served just rolling with Kevin Steele as an interim for a year? Or should they go after one of these big names out there and try to get their next head football coach in these next couple of months? You know, here's the issue with trying to find a coach. First of all, as you said, you don't have an AD. Many people around the program thought that they were going to rubber stamp a guy by the name of John Gilbert, who was here before, who's now at East Carolina. He holds a lot of stroke with the head basketball coach, Rick Barnes, here. Several other boosters. Well, the chancellor, who's, who is really upset over this whole thing, just was kind of blindsided by it, and just she's just really had it. She's told them, no, this is my deal. And I want to find an athletic director I'm comfortable with. I'm not taking the person you people want. So you've got that little struggle going on. Now, that Gilbert guy at East Carolina might be somebody to watch, but there were people thinking they were going to install him in a couple days. You know, on Monday, they were thinking, well, by the end of the week, he'll be the athletic director. 
they've turned this thing over to a search firm. Now, this search firm that they turned it over to has brought them some real winners in the past, <laughs> let me tell you, in terms of coaches and administrators. So there's always that. I mean, I, I just couldn't be more down on this whole thing because, again, I just continue to go back to this. And I consider myself, somebody that does talk radio, as somebody that serves fans. That's, that's always been the way I've seen what I do. And I got to tell you, the fans here are just not served through the years by this administration. Now, in all fairness to the chancellor at UT, she's new. She inherited this mess. Somebody brought it to her attention. They've gotten to the bottom of it. They're not playing. But to your point, now they're in a time conundrum. And the real time conundrum is, in the state of Tennessee in 2022, the next signing class, it is simply the greatest signing class in the history of the state. I think there are four top 50 players in the state. There's a quarterback here that many say is the best quarterback to ever come out of the state. Um, kind of a generational type player. His name is Ty Simpson. Tennessee was involved with him before. Um, they have got to figure out what they're going to do. And I don't know if they have to rush into it because, you know, rushing into something led Tennessee to hire Derek Dooley. So <laughs> there's a fine line there between, boy, we've got to get something done versus, you know, jumping into the first thing you find. I mean, that's that's how my wife ended up with me, Chris. <laughs> that's probably not a good thing 30 years later. So, you know, you look at that and you say, the AD has to come first. Then you're going to hire a head coach. The head coach you hire is going to sign up for a lot of uncertainty because this thing looks on the front end, and again, Chancellor made it sound extremely ominous the other day. I'm hearing a lot of things. One thing I've learned in this industry through the years is that you can never believe what you hear until you see it with matters such as this. People blow things out of proportion. Sometimes they'll underestimate things. So without being privy to what the attorneys know, it's very difficult to speak on the severity, the crippling degree. Plus, you're going to try and guess how the NCAA is going to respond to something. One would think that the NCAA would be fairly lenient on Tennessee, since Tennessee did not try to sweep anything under the rug, dealt with, Im- dealt with it immediately, brought the NCAA in almost immediately, didn't try to clean anything up, didn't try to... Now, Tennessee did have an ulterior motive, I believe. They they fired a guy who they owed $13 million, and he's getting roughly nothing. So that's part of this. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's a really sh- strange, sad, sordid story that's going to sort itself out. And you know, you, we started this conversation, you talking about the Dan Patrick deal and what he's reported. 
we're going to see more and more of that. Because here's the truth. Since nobody knows, what's stopping anybody from saying, yeah, they were, you know, shoving uh, thousands of dollars in mattresses or, you know, they were whatever it was, or they were taking kids to strip clubs and using credit cards, or they were, I mean, you're going to hear all kinds of stuff, and who can refute any of it? I mean, you really can't, because anybody can just say anything right now and go, oh, that's Tennessee football over there. You know, that's just kind of a sad deal. It really is. It's crazy we have gotten to this point, but here's hoping that uh, things get better and, and things start. To, the sun comes up tomorrow in Knoxville, and, man, uh, the beat down in basketball the other night didn't help uh, against Florida either. But he is to- oh, no. Tony Basilio. You can follow him on Twitter, at Tony Basilio, and, of course, his website, at TonyBasilio.com. Tony, love watching your shows. Uh, would always catch your, your post-game shows and everything else on Twitter. Uh, you do an awesome job, man. Good to see you still grinding out there, doing your thing. And, uh, man, hopefully next time we talk, we'll have more positive news to discuss. Chris, my best to you between the Vols and the Saints where you're at. I mean, my gosh. <laughs> It is. Uh, it has been a. It has been a not a great start to 2021. Tony, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Okay, bud. Tony Basilio there of uh, Knoxville Radio does an awesome job and been doing it for a long time. I tell the story all the time. I was in college in uh, mid 2000s and had an Android phone and was going out for a run and was just searching sports talk radio shows and found Tony's show i was like ah oh, knoxville tennessee all right talking to sec football and i became a fan of his show just kind of listening to it from you know, a different state and um became a fan of, of all sec sports talk or rather uh his uh angle on sec sports talk in addition to uh the tennessee volunteers that is going to do it for this edition of the show appreciate you guys for listening we'll be back tomorrow more guests former sec players will be joining us throughout the week discuss their preparing for the NFL draft. Talk to you guys tomorrow here on Locked On SEC.